0: It's Cofield and Company. That, I, there's something
1: wrong with me. I start to crack up so much. Watching dogs flip out and run in place. Betty or Wilma? Wilma. What? Yeah. Oh, i the You know I always go for the offbeat. If you get a text, that means
2: we're not talking on the phone. That's it.
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN, Las Vegas.
1: Here we go, 3 o'clock, Hour of the D, Bar Canada. We're going to be hanging out here until 8 o'clock watching the hockey game tonight. It's Sharks and the Knights. we got uh, lots of NHL news to get to, NFL news. I thought the big news of the day, Adam, for the Raiders was going to be Malik Collins going bye-bye. Not that it was a shocker, but, you know, first Raiders-related move. I did not think the Raiders would do anything on day one of the tampering period. They've done something. Looks like they're close to signing one of the big prizes on the edge, and they need the help. They need to get some finishes at the quarterback and get some more pressure, Yannick Ngakwe, to the Raiders. That's a blockbuster.
3: Yeah, and and somebody who has been with Gus Bradley before, uh, so they're reunited. They were together in Jacksonville, so obviously Gus Bradley uh, had some influence either with the team to say, hey, we need to get him, or with Ngakwe to say, hey, you know we worked well together before let's uh, let's make this happen again and you know that Gus Bradley you know I see a lot of people already uh with the well he doesn't really fit the Raider scheme it's a, he's a different kind of a player I think Gus Bradley knows what scheme he's running and I think he knows whether Ngakwe can play it or not uh, I'm going to trust in Gus Bradley to know at least you know at least to understand his personnel and what works for his system um you know PFF which I, you know, rely on very much, and I probably cite it all the time here on the show. I uh, will tell you that he's a uh, a pretty specific type of rusher. Uh, he's a he's much more effective lining up, you know, on the outside and just you know crashing from the from the end of the line of scrimmage. Uh, we'll see if uh, if the Raiders are you know able to put him in that position. It seems like they still want to play kind of a four three base, but um, he might make more sense as a three four guy. But I think Gus Bradley. Understands what Ngakwe can do and uh, would not have you know, lobbied for him and tried to bring him in if he didn't fit what he wants to do.
0: It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
1: Well, that was a road trip. Pretty interesting, huh, for the Golden Knights? A lot happened.
3: Highlights, lowlights? Uh, getting kicked out of the hotel in San Jose is still one of my favorite stories that's ever going to happen with the Golden Knights. Why did it happen? The hotel went into bankruptcy while they were staying there. And it was one of those trips that they actually were going to be there for a while. Uh, they were going to be there for three nights. So everybody kind of brought a lot of stuff, unpacked. They were kind of spread out in their rooms and all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. Do you imagine being on? I mean, it's different. It's a, it's a, it's it's an NHL team that's on a work trip. But imagine being on vacation and you're, you're like, oh, we're here for four days. Two days into your stay. Like, get out. Like, when? What hotel was it? Right now. Uh, the uh, the Fairmont Right in the middle of downtown Like the company went out of business Or That hotel did They're, they're supposedly going to uh, Get under new management And reopen within a couple of months That's the plan for right now But you would have thought That they would have maybe Like planned this ahead And stopped taking reservations A while in advance And you know Really Really worked it out But they didn't uh, Really crazy story Is they're that the one right
1: to- across From the Marriott? Yeah, do right, have, right, right in the middle have, of downtown.
3: Uh, is that the one that has Joe's around the corner? It's it's St. very Berlin? close. The Mar- uh, Marriott is right across from Joe's. This is about a block north, okay. right in the middle. Like the, there's the big park, big oh, like wow. circle. Fairmont is right there. It's an older hotel. That looks nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that place. The older spot. And they got kicked out. Yeah. Close, shutting down. Get out. Move on. A uh, very very crazy story. Uh, They had to move to another hotel. Like, they had to pack up all their stuff. Now, you know, I'm sure it's not like us where we're scrambling and throwing all of our bags together. Like, they just got their bags together and gave it to the the clubhouse guys who who brought their stuff down. But still, um, to be jostled from your afternoon nap waiting for the game to start. It was like on a Friday afternoon. Get out. Win. 45 minutes. We're closing. Okay. So that was was crazy. That was part of this road trip. And then they go to St. Louis. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has to isolate because of a... A positive COVID test, it turns out to be a false positive. He's stuck in his room, he can finally come out when it's a false positive, and then he plays that day. I know information
1: is hard to come by with the Golden Knights. Do you have any inkling that this could be a false positive? Did we at the time? Yeah. No, because all it was all that happened is he got put on the COVID list. Well, but then didn't Reeve say early in the day something to the effect of like Flurry has it? He said we had
3: a positive test. And then uh, Pete DeBoer at his speech, at his uh at his availability kind of dropped in like oh you never know could be this could be a false positive and then i was like oh it's a false positive he wouldn't be throwing that out there if he didn't know it and then all of a sudden an hour later he's off the list and he's playing so you know there was you know reeves did make that make that rec- make that comment but i don't think you know he didn't know he just he was told hey somebody tested positive or he told Fleury he tested positive and then deborah i thought dropped it out dropped off the hint uh quite openly when he said "Ah, you never know maybe it could be a false positive like he knows something and so then uh flurry's able to play plays well they win a couple of games in st louis against their their nearest competitor in the division and uh the road trip is successful even with all the craziness that happened yeah
1: what do you think of the trip overall
3: i mean it can't go that much better like i mean they they won some games like battled adversity like showed themselves that they can kind of overcome some things and and battle through some things and still found a way to win and win against teams that are kind of chasing them very good now come out with you know some injury questions you know chandler stevenson day-to-day now and not sure if he's going to play as a game time decision supposedly tonight uh we'll see how you know some of these other things work out get brady McNabb back uh, but robin leonard getting closer he was out on the ice today for the first time in a month with the team, I mean, he's been practicing with Henderson, but uh, back with the Golden Knights uh, for morning skate today, so he's getting closer. So you know, getting getting closer and closer to a full strength team, and I think there's some optimism there that uh, at this point things are going very well.
1: All right, I'm shocked. I'm shocked.
3: I figured there'd Shock. be. Uh, I don't know. I figured
1: there'd be more criticism coming Drama. from you no? in some former fashion. There's nothing to criticize. There you go. You can't just make it up, right? Exactly. Um, you were not in on any of the days uh, when we talked about the new deal with ESPN. How big is this
3: NHL back to ESPN? I don't know if it's big as it was three, four years ago. Um, Why? Even more? If, I'm, I'm three, four. I would say even like five, six. Because then it was, if you're a sports fan, you're watching ESPN all the time. That's all you're doing. And you're watching a lot of Sports Center. Right. Sports Center and every other show, and they're showing highlights, and they're promoting, and that's why you needed to be on ESPN. Like now, with you know people cutting the cord, so many different options, so many different places, nobody's watching SportsCenter that you know like obsessively anymore. Um, it's different,
1: but access to the games—it's next level. Yeah, of course. Because I can't find the games now. We've talked about it. It's a freaking shore to find games at times. Yeah. Archives of games are also key. ESPN offers that. I, I think that is very underrated. Yeah. And especially if you, I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest,
3: NBC Sports Network sucks. I enjoy it, damn And plus, I have like my—I I don't know what uh, cord cutting you did. I don't know what you use, but I know with mine, it's it's unlimited DVR. I tape so much stuff. Yeah, mine's not unlimited. Yeah, so I just like—I don't even think about. Remember when you used to have DVRs in the back in the day, and you only had like twenty hours or forty hours? It'd be like. I want to tape this, but ah, it's very valuable. Real. I estate. have to clear
1: mine out like every three days. Now I'm sure I could pay extra, whatever five bucks extra for unlimited. But dude, I am out of lazy. I am
3: out of control. I will go like, if I if I like when I get home from work, I will go through. I'll go through the guide for the whole night, tape everything, tape 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 everything, and everything just goes on DVR. And then when I start watching TV at like two in the morning, I get to decide what I want to watch. I have like eight games there to watch. It's it's insane. But to your point, yeah, like back in the day, it was for like normal people. Normal, well, for normal people back in the day, and I mean like three years ago, yeah. you just kept your TV on ESPN all yeah. the time, and you would get,
1: you know, years ago you would get NHL hype all the time. Now you're going to get more, and it's going to oh, be yeah. like, ESPN is going to make an effort, and they're certainly going to have it a lot more on the front page of ESPN.com, and hell, they're even going to make. Did they make them? I don't know what they're going well, to do. But Stephen Stephen A was talking some hockey. I mean, it wasn't very. Full of depth, but at least he mentioned the NHL.
2: So I'm giving you my top five list. Stevens, A-list. Let's go to number five of the top five things I know about hockey. Number five, give it to me. Release the Kraken. Why? For those of you who don't know, Seattle gets an expansion team next year. The Kraken is a mythological sea monster, a giant squid from the 1800s. Listen, you didn't think I know that. That's right. But, damn it, it's the Kraken. Let's go to number four on the list. Give it to me, please. Barry Melrose. Because when we watch hockey, what would hockey be, especially on ESPN, without seeing the great Barry Melrose? Let's go to number three on the list. Steve Levy, Mr. Overtime. Why? Because the man is always on the air when it comes to hockey.
1: We decided to pass on two and one. It was just <laughs> getting, it was getting too lame, and he was screaming his voice out. I thought
3: so. Butcher Gross was the overtime guy. I don't know. Is the the overtime challenge thing on How public. bad is that if he get misidentified? <laughs> the guy and his brand on his own network. be perfect. Uh, but I mean you don't have to look much further than MMA. Like how much do they trans you know do they do they transfer how much MMA they do? transfer uh-huh. not the right word. Yep. they they increase how much MMA they talk about like it's all the time. It's all the time now that they break it down and you can watch games, you can watch fights all the time. Like I think i was watching a college basketball game the other night it ended and like all right now we're going to show you know ufc 258 replay like okay it's you you have ufc on all the time and so i think now that that's the same with the nhl they're gonna talk about it they're gonna promote it Uh, it'll be very big for them but again not quite the same as it was it's still massive for the nhl and for the league and for for everybody the golden knights for everybody in in vegas that that will love to watch games on espn and as you said have the archive games on espn plus and, and access to all the other games around the league not just Golden Knights games Got a
1: lot of jobs around college basketball we can get into We'll, we'll do some college basketball this hour We're going to work on a guest on the 4 o'clock hour To react to Yannick Ngakwe To the Raiders Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus is going to join us In about 20 minutes to react As well Have you kept an eye on the Kansas football job at all? And the only reason I mentioned it Is there are There are some local ties at least on candidate list. One, he may be on a long list, but I've seen both The Athletic and at least one other website mention Reno's Jay Norvell as a candidate for the KU job, which would be troubling for Reno. Kind, sure. of, kind of late in the game to lose your coach. Yeah. That would suck. And I don't – I mean, I pose this question to everyone. Uh, say Norvell's making 700 750 right? Kansas comes with $3 million. Is that enough? I mean, I, that question sounds crazy. Depends on the guarantees to me. Yep. Depends on the back-end bio too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, three million a year, but, you know, if fire me before year five,
3: uh, the buyout's like $12 million. Yeah. And, and I, then I go there and I take the $3 million for a couple of years and can't win at that wasteland of a, of a program, and then all of a sudden, you know, now I'm persona non grata for a while. I have to go back to being an assistant.
1: What if uh, Desiree Reed Francois was the AD? Would you have a shot? At uh, Kansas? Pete Thamel on his list for the Kansas AD job. You know, Jeff Long is gone. Well, that guy. Talk about second life and third life. <laughs> I was reading the note from Brett McMurphy. Keep in mind, Long is going to get a he got a buyout of $1375 million to walk away. Nice biz. <laughs> Last three coaches that Long hired. Uh, John L. Smith, who kind of went off the deep end. Brett Bielema at Arkansas, and then less miles at Kansas. So anyway, the Thamel list has uh, the AD from Tulane, Buffalo, North Texas, both Reno and UNLV. Mm. Florida Atlantic, Ball State, App State, uh, assistant ADs at some bigger schools like Florida, West Virginia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson. So And
3: DRF was in the running for the UCLA gig. Yeah, that was a job that a lot of people kind of expected her to get, actually. Uh, didn't happen. But, again, you know, if you're if you're her, if you're any AD at a, a level like this, you're looking at, you know, a Power 5 job. That's that's kind of the dream. Desiree Reed, Francois to Kansas. Ops to Iowa State. Oof. Big 12. Raiding Las Vegas.
1: Don't know if either are going to happen, but they're on list.
3: Will they pull a Steve Alford and just themselves out what does that mean oh steve, steve Alford today was like i'm not interested in the indiana job they're not interested in you bro i didn't say that he pulled himself out yeah he tweeted it but by, by the way why would they not
1: be interested too, too 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 close tonight i think so
3: i mean he's he does win sure i wouldn't want him why not there's, there's a i just i don't i just don't like him at indiana I'm sure they'd love him. I'm sure the fans would love it. But I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't think you go back to that era. You heard
1: Dan Dockich? Ever? Well, I mean, that, but he's not <laughs> – that's a stupid – he's not a candidate. He's Right now he's, you know, he's ice cold. My, and he, and he's, he's, he hasn't coached anywhere in 15 years. And when he did coach, he was, you know, very average. Alford has not been average.
3: As much as I don't like Alford, like, he would probably be a good candidate for the job. Of course he would. But, but my only thing with him is that he – obviously sent that tweet because they told him no. All
1: right, we'll address that on the way back. we got to get to the uh, the odds. Iowa State watch as well.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA. You're listening to Cofield & Company, on ESPN, Las Vegas. Bar Canada is the site. We're getting ready for the
1: hockey game tonight. Knights and the Sharks come on down. Every time we're down here on Mondays, this is a uh, brand new dealio. We'll be here until 8 o'clock watching the beginning of the game and uh, signing you up for a Golden Knights jersey giveaway. They've got draft beer specials courtesy of Miller Coors and Heineken. you got the sportsbook right here with the kiosk and the uh, window's open. You certainly should come down and get your mobile account and get in on the Circa action for the NCAA tournament. Adam Hill across the way. His head spinning. All of our heads are spinning. So Raiders lose Malik Collins. Ugh. Wanted to see him get a second chance. He goes to the Texans. Nelson Aguilar off the board. Gone. He goes to the Patriots. Rough day for the Raiders. But they get Yannick Ngakwe pass rush and what do we think? What's the deal here? How much?
3: Well, I think we. we I mean, I was gonna say we should wait. Um, I had gotten a text that said it was gonna be two years, thirty-six million, which I was like, okay, kind of the bottom of what he was looking at. And so
1: um would we'll be right there on the outer edge of top five defensive end pay, and he was looking to get. You know, a five-year deal from the Jaguars for what the franchise tag guys get. So yeah. now what?
3: So could be longer. No, Adam Schefter is saying two years, twenty-six million. Okay. So thirteen million would be like a uh, steal.
1: Unreal. Yeah, it'd be a really good deal. Okay. Well, so, we'll we'll see what comes down. Yeah. Um, Patriots sign Aguilar. So I'm going to go back to my question of last week, and it's funny no one can really answer it. And I was asking it repeatedly, if you're Nick Morrow or Aguilar, and you can get even money, same money from a team that is in the eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six range that might have a little more upside, maybe a little less organizational dysfunction, aren't you leaving? Aren't you passing on the Raiders and going to another organization? I wasn't thinking the Patriots. Right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong for like you know? I don't think the Patriots are dead and buried. I just don't have a whole lot of hope based on what we saw last year from cam newton now he's back and aguilar it maybe is the exact guy he needs but yeah aguilar chose the patriots and we don't know what the raiders had on the table
3: no but it seemed like he was he was at least open to coming back i mean yeah. this to me we don't we don't have the um we don't have details on his agreement but and this we don't because to today's
1: tampering uh, today's the uh, beginning of the tampering period which sounds weird um Officially, things can't be signed
3: until Wednesday. Wednesday. So you have two days where you can just negotiate and come to agreements. You don't have you don't have to sign. And, again, this never happens, but you could have the uh, DeAndre Jordan situation where guys are like, yeah, hey, I'll sign, and then change their mind. Uh, but, you, I mean, 99.999% of the time, like, you can make the agreement and it's going to be signed on Wednesday when uh free agency officially opens. Gurden is driving to Aguilar's right now to try to hide him. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of... there's there's. I'm very interested to find out what Dio Aguilar did and whether the Raiders could have or even should have, you know, matched it and not allowed him to get away or even exceeded it so you can keep him around. Uh, that would be an interesting one to, to kind of check out. Uh, but, yeah, the Patriots are just adding a ton of guys. And, you know, we talked about the, um, you know, the situation that the Patriots are in, having a ton of money, not really having a quarterback which is kind of an important position they bring cam newton in on what looks like a backup quarterback deal so they still you would think have would have room although with all these signings they're probably getting at least close we have to find out exactly what their number is uh they've been signing people left and right so you would think that they've rebuilt but when when you mentioned aguilar and potentially going somewhere in morrow is the same way trying to go somewhere where hey if the money's equal you can go somewhere where you can win the patriots not really fitting that profile but I mean, as many players they're adding, maybe they do. If Cam Newton plays at a slightly better level and is more comfortable in the offense, and obviously their defense has gotten a lot better today, and they had five guys that opted out last year that are going to be back, their defense could be maybe the best in the league, and then you just have to figure out a way on offense. And today, you've, if you, Cam Newton is your guy and you've given him now a red zone target, and Johnny Smith, who's one of the more effective tight ends in the red zone, and is also a really good blocker, uh, that will help the running game as well. Uh, you add Nelson Aguilar, who had a breakout year as a wide receiver. I mean, he's already been good, but he he cut down a lot of mistakes that he's made in the past. He he looks like a pretty good receiver. Uh, now you well, glass overflowing so. for the Patriots. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I still think they're in trouble if the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson, but yeah, looks good. All right, I don't think today's over yet. Hank, we're going to see a lot more coming down. Oh, no quite I mean. Listen, how much has the narrative changed? In the time that we've been here, it was, oh, the Raiders haven't done anything today. But it's still early. <laughs> we didn't think they were going to. To, wow, they got Yannick Ngakwe. Let's start talking about this. To, wait, Nelson Aguilar's gone. Yeah. Let's talk about this now. Like, the narrative has changed like three times. We've and only the, been and on the air like an hour and, and a half. And the preseason 2020 MVP of the defense is also gone.
1: The key. The key. The key to the, the defense. Key. Malik Collins. By the way, they're going back to the well on leaning on the defensive staff for advice on players didn't exactly work out with some of the suggestions from rod marinelli <laughs> david uh, irving tbd but we'll gus bradley as the boss the, the the beginning of the year
3: boss clearly had some input on yannick and uh yeah. he
1: coached him with the jaguars
3: yeah and in both ways like I, I think that's important it's not just that he told the raiders hey this is a good guy and the guy that fits i think he, he was part of the recruiting plan and saying hey come on in here and uh we can you know make magic like we did in jacksonville uh on a on a side note, I know there was a lot of speculation. John Johnson was going to be the target uh, in terms of being the safety for this for this Raiders team that would fit very well. Uh, was familiar with Gus Bradley, also like played the position perfectly that they needed at safety. He just signed with the Browns, so that's not an option anymore. Or he agreed to terms, excuse me, with the Browns.
1: We'll get the early read on uh, this tampering period, essentially free agency and deals being agreed to with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus coming up. In lesson three.
0: Visit Cofields Corner on LVsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.
2: After 15 years in the Saints and 20 years in
0: the NFL, our dad is finally gonna retire. So, so we, we can, can spend, spend more time, time with us. Yeah you're listening to cofield and company on espn las vegas the breeze boys happy
1: their dad's retiring drew breeze officially retiring where do you think he lives the so is very she's a big drew breeze fan because he started with the chargers and she's a Chargers fan where, and uh he living now right he, I think he's got, I think his, where, wherever that estate is where his kids were playing basketball on, like, top of a mountain last year, I think that's in California, but I know he does have places in New Orleans. It's California. All right. Just asking.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think I that. I well, he got a crap on New Orleans. Well, but. isn't, I mean, I, I could be mistaken. Is, isn't that where Tiger was going? Like, Tiger was going to meet Drew Brees. Does he live on the golf course? No, but I mean, I think he, he was, that's where he lives. Like, he was going to meet him near his house. Well, you're adding the house part. I mean, Drew Brees
1: could, you know, could have just been like in the area. I don't know. Eric Eager might know. Eric, that's a good way to start out an interview. Where does Drew Brees plan on living? Any clue? I, I feel
4: like New Orleans is a place to like go to college and maybe like you know, or like party, but it might not be a place to settle down. So I, I would imagine San Diego. San Diego is a nice place to live.
3: Okay. All
1: right. That's what we have Eric on for. Thanks, Eric. We'll see you now. <laughs> Uh, Eric, of course, is from Pro Football Focus. So uh, we're going to kind of catch you on the spot. Your instant reaction to some of the stuff that's happened with the Raiders today. I want to get to Ngakwe in a second, but uh, apparently Nelson Aguilar is going to the Patriots. And we were just looking at the reported money. It's two years and twenty-six million dollars. It's thirteen million a year. So just give us your take on, you know, Aguilar after this year with the Raiders, and you know, if the Patriots just made a good move or paid a lot for Aguilar.
4: Yeah, I mean it's the same money reported that the Raiders used for Ngakwe. And I think, you know, when you look at, you know, the potential at that position, they're probably lucky that he left. Um, You know, I know they they struggled with the Tyrell Williams signing. That one didn't work out. Um, You know, they they haven't necessarily hit on wide receivers. Aguilar was a plus player last year, but at 13 a year, you're really paying up for a guy who – you know, we, we've been talking about this on the, the PFF shows a lot. You know, your draft status does carry with you a lot longer than you think. And Aguilar, being a former first round pick, you know, being highly thought of around the league by some uh, coming out of USC, like that probably has hung around with him to the point where he shows any signs of life. And he's a $13 million player. I think the Raiders sort of, uh, you know, you dodged the bullet there.
3: So, I mean, did he play well enough? I mean, you're kind of referencing the fact that. You know, maybe the cachet of being a first-round pick helped out too. But did he play well enough to warrant this kind of a deal?
4: No, I mean, I think he he was in a good offense last year. I mean, the Raiders' offense was an offense that opened up a lot of space. I think Henry Rugg, even though he he didn't put up the kind of numbers that people um, people wanted from the you know that top pick, um, he opened up a lot of field. And, and Aguilar was, I think, a, a positive recipient of that. Obviously, Darren Waller also requires a lot of a lot of attention to defense, and so Aguilar capitalized on that much in the same way he did in 2017 where he had a really good year out of the slot for the Super Bowl champion Eagles, so he's got that potential, but it's just the consistency there if you're going to pay $13 million for a wide receiver, I think you're going to want a little bit more in the way of consistency, consistency and credibility out of a guy uh, and I just don't know if Aguilar gives you that
3: So, Aguilar gone uh, Yannick Ngakwe in for the same money as we said, if that's if that's true, kind of stunning to me, but uh, what are the Raiders getting in Yannick Gaekwa?
4: Well, you know, he's he's one of the more productive passers in the league, but in many ways, I think he's been a product of the places he's been. When he was in Jacksonville, he was one of the more productive guys, but he was playing with Calais Campbell, he was playing with Marcel Darius and you know, Dante Fowler, uh, and, and other guys where I think, you know, and then and then he goes to Baltimore this past season after a bit season trade. And something like forty, fifty percent of his pressures this year were unblocked. So they're you know, he's in a scheme where he's not necessarily doing that well uh, from a beating blocker sort of situation. But he's getting pressure. So, you know, with the Raiders, you're going with Quelon Farrell and Max Crosby. He might, you know, he slides in there as what the second or third end, um, where you can, you know, I think if you can get some heat from some of the other more highly regarded guys on that defense, then Yanni can play well. If they, if they're thinking of him as the top end he's got to get a lot of the pressure himself. I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, secondarily, I mean, when he's played with teams with good secondaries, like Baltimore and then, you know, the Jalen Ramsey-led Jacksonville Jaguars, he's had good pressure numbers. When he hasn't, like early on in his Minnesota days, when they couldn't cover a $5 check, you know, he struggled against the quarterback. He's a late-in-the-down kind of pressure guy. Uh, and so the Raiders, I think, have to look at the secondary and say, if we want to complement this signing, we're going to have to get some players back there
3: so, would I mean is he the kind of guy that's better served as being a situational pass rusher than an every down guy? It sounds like that would be more a more in line with the proper role for him.
4: I think so, and I think that's where he excelled in Jacksonville. You know, he struggles against the run, and obviously that's not as big of a part of football anymore as it used to be. Um, but he's not a very good edge defender against the run. So, and he'll have, he does have more juice when he can come off uh, the ball, and he was that way in Baltimore. He was not playing. Uh, starter snaps in Baltimore, he's playing behind Pernell McPhee and Matthew Judon Judon side with the Patriots today um, so, you know, if he can you know, Farrell and and Crosby can lock down the two starting end spots, Yannick Cangakwe might put up really good pass rushing numbers relative to the number uh, of plays. He's sort of similar, I think this is sort of way back in the Oakland Raider days, but Lance Johnstone in the sense where wherever he would start for a team he'd get like five sacks, whenever he would come off the bench he'd get 10 or 12 sacks like, I think that might be the more of the role, and that's, of course, a disappointment if you're paying the guy $13 million bucks.
3: Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, joining us here uh, on Cofield and Company. You mentioned Matthew Judon going to the Patriots. The Patriots are signing a ton of guys today. Are they doing a good job?
4: I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I think, you know, when they signed Cam, it was kind of like, okay, well, what do they need to do? And we were talking on the show, okay, when... Cam was back at his best. He had Greg Olson over the middle of the field, and he had Ted Ginn going deep. And so we were thinking, okay, who would the Patriots want? We thought of Hunter Henry at tight end. They went the other way. They went with Jonu Smith, over $30 million in guarantees for him. Um, you know, there's obviously tight ends. It's a weird position because we've seen guys, you know, in their second contracts do a lot better than in their rookie deals. So, you know, guys like Delaney Walker, uh, Jarek Cook, you know, uh, Eric Ebron, all these tight ends. Even ones are highly regarded athletic guys. They take four years to learn the position and then they go play for their second team and they end up being a lot better. So that could be the destination for Johnny Smith. I know Belichick likes him a lot and obviously, you know, we have to take his opinion seriously. So he's that first component. And I think the Ted Ginn component might be going to Nelson Aguilar. It looks like they're also in on Kendrick Bourne. They had one of the worst teams in the league last year, you know, front to back and the worst supporting cast. So it looks like they're at least going to give Cam Newton slash whoever else they pick up at the quarterback position at least something of a shot. Losing Joe Tooney hurts a little bit, obviously, but guard play doesn't necessarily move the needle as much as great uh, you know talent on the outside. Now, are they getting great talent? No. But they're getting a lot better than what they have.
3: So, uh, with, with the Patriots and kind of what they're doing and what we're looking at, we also, I think, need to take into consideration uh, how many guys they had opt out last year and that they might get some of those guys back as well. Like, Can they compete? I mean, you know, Buffalo obviously a big favorite to win the division, but can the can the Patriots compete in that division?
4: Yeah, I think the market's having about, what, four and a half to one or, or four, you know, plus plus four twenty five or something like that. I mean, I think that's probably fair. Um, the Buffalo Bills continue to do smart things. I think the Miami Dolphins are moving in the right direction, even the Jets. If you throw in a possible Deshaun Watson trade, they could be in the mix as well. They picked number two with Zach Wilson. They could, you know, move really quickly in the right direction. Last year with the new coach and Robert Salaz. so to me, it's not so much about the Patriots; it's about looking at that AFC East and for the first time in a long time, seeing some hope for a lot of those teams, including the Patriots. So, I, I, you know, I somebody asked me on the show what their win total should be. I feel like it should be about eight, um, which is beneath what they started out last year, but above the number of wins they got um, as a result. Um, I don't know. I, to me, I, I, I still can't see light at the end of the tunnel until they get a little bit better at the quarterback
1: who works for Pro Football Focus, pff.com, uh, on the web. We'll get into uh, some of the topics from the forecast in just a couple of minutes. Just saw that uh, Gronk is going to go back to the Buccaneers, one-year deal worth $10 million. Is that money well spent?
4: $10 million is a lot of money on a tight end who, uh-huh. you know, wasn't even their top tight end for some games last year. But, you know, obviously, you know, we saw it with Kansas City last year. Um, when you win a Super Bowl, you want to bring everybody back. Um, and, you know, whether or not that's right. I mean, uh, our, our friend Saran Petro mused a little bit that, you know, maybe you want to turn over five or six starters so everybody's more hungry, right? If you already have a Super Bowl in, in one hand, you might not be as focused as if you have five or six players who haven't experienced that yet. So That's the, that's the risk Tampa Bay is taking with spending money. They, they obviously got Shaquille Barrett back today. I thought his deal was actually relatively modest. They went with Levante David as well. The franchise tag Chris Godwin, and now they go with Gronk. They are really getting the band back together. So, um, you know, ten million dollars isn't a lot, um, but it, it's it's you know you can get two you know in a depth when um, a league where depth matters a lot you can get two five million dollar quarterbacks for that money. So I, I you know I, I don't necessarily know if I would have signed him on the first day of free.
1: Uh, you guys on your podcast talked about the wide receiver position. Let's uh, you know we just talked about Aguilar. The top guys are all still available. Listen, we've only been one day into this thing with the uh, the tampering period beginning, but you made the suggestion that wide receivers may not want to sign long term deals.
4: Well, I, I think with the quarterback position being in such flux, like that, it makes a little bit of sense, right? I mean, like let's say you're a wide receiver and you're going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, are you all that sure that Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback for the next? You know, if, if you're thinking about your personal statistics, like Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. He's a delivers the ball on time to complete a lot of passes. So if you go to, you go to Las Vegas and it's like, you know, if you're not sure that he's going to be there, you're not sure they're going to draft somebody, somebody early next year or move on. You know, that might make you less um, willing to sign a long-term deal. If you're going to new England, right. You know, that might, that might be, you know, it's cam or bus next year, maybe, or they draft another quarterback. There aren't that actually many teams where the quarterback for the next five years is relatively assured. And so as such, like, if I'm a wide receiver, I'm going to another one of those teams, um, then I might just have my length of my contract be the length of the quarterback's contract so that you don't sort of flame out for reasons other than your play.
1: Eric Eager's with us. You guys were uh, spitball on win totals in the AFC West. What did you come up with?
4: So, I, I'm trying to remember. So, we had De- I had Denver six and a half. I factored in a little bit of Watson possibly going there. I had, I had the – had me, that's my daughter's. Using the background. I have uh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders, I think, at eight. I have the Chargers at eight and a half, and I have the Chiefs at 11
3: and a half. All right, what do you think, Adam? Assuming 16 games. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's always got to be thrown in now, the new world uh, that we're in. I mean, Broncos are very active today. I don't know that they're really moving the needle necessarily. Uh, just brought in uh, Darby, I think, as we're on the phone right now, adding to their uh, secondary, which will be helpful. I, I have no idea who's, who's going to be their quarterback. It's so tough right now. To make these totals right, Eric, when you're like, uh, there could be a lot of movement between now and opening day.
4: Yeah, I think that that's you know we win totals generally won't move even a half a win or more based upon anything other than a quarterback. But uh, as we as I just talked about, the quarterback situation in the NFL is still fluid. You have Jameis James Winston possibly going back to New Orleans, but he could also you know go and compete somewhere else. Um, Wilson and Watson are obviously, I mean, you're they go somewhere, they're moving the needle two three wins. Uh, for a team, um, and then you have the draft, but you know a lot of the draft is expected, right? And and you know I think people are already pricing in. You know, Jaguars get Lawrence, Jets get Wilson, um, and maybe uh, you know my, I I actually don't know. After that, they're probably uh, it's probably just a sort of uh, a guess at that point. But you know, whereas free agency, you can or trades, you can legitimately get a huge surprise and move the win total uh, two or three wins. I think if Denver were to get Watson, let's say. Uh, that thing's got to go up to at least nine. They have a pretty decent roster and good coaching staff outside of the quarterback. It's just that the quarterback has been so dreadful um, that it's just difficult for them to win with
3: him. What would you think if, if the Bears did get Russell Wilson?
4: Well, it, depending upon what they gave up, I mean, they're a good roster. I mean, any roster that can go eight games above five hundred uh, with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles of the last three years earns my respect. Um, but, you know, they're probably going to have to give up Mac. They're probably going to have to give up maybe Jalen Johnson. Uh, Robinson on the franchise tag. they'll probably have to reconsider that. So Wilson's going to go into a weaker team than Trubisky's had over the past few years. Um, but he's so good, and, you know, trading for somebody like him, the first thing that they're going to do is try to make him happy, do what the CLC didn't do. So I think they'll be a contender. I mean, you look at the NFC North. The Lions are in a rebuild. You never know if that's going to work. The Vikings, I think... Are, I, I've referred to them as a rudderless ship. Uh, and Green Bay, you know, I think Green Bay has got a year or two of shelf life of being a contender before you start to see Jordan Love uh, and and the, the downfall of that organization. So if the Bears play this right, they could be in command of that division for a long time.
1: Eric, we appreciate it. Everyone out there, make sure you go up to PFF.com today. You can uh, look at the top of the page above the fold, 2021 NFL Free Agency Live deal greater. It's important to uh know the news, but also what pff has these guys in terms of their grades. So we appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much.
4: Thanks for me on guys. Take care.
1: There he is. Eric Eager. Yeah, it was good to get the grades. By the way, Bar Canada is just lit right now. It we is. got Captain Antonio playing here. What the hell's going on? Who are they? <laughs> we had some Queen earlier. Like should they started they
3: started cranking up the music. I'm like, queen. what's going on? should rush? Why? Bar Canada. Oh, okay, well, eventually. Brian Adams, Alanis Morissette.
1: God, I feel like I was at a, I was at a bar. Actually, I know Beavs. where I was. I was at a bar the other day, and uh, someone put, like, four Rush songs in a row, and, like, after the second one, someone down at the end of the bar was like, What's
2: going on? <laughs> who loaded all this Rush?
1: Who? Okay, I know who they are. You know who they are? <laughs> what <laughs> what do know. they sing? Like, do they oh. have a hit? I don't know. What do they sing, Ari? Do they have, like, a hit song? My least favorite. Tom Sawyer, right? Yeah, Tom Sawyer. That's a book. Um, well, if the, I don't think it's a
3: jukebox, I would actually I would just just give you a Rush Deluge. <laughs> no, I that's okay. We don't need to do that. Uh, oh I'll wait, I'll uh, make some requests. Isn't Nickelback also Canadian? We have a whole list of Canadian bands we could play. Sure.
1: Little Brian Adams, want some Anne Murray? Wow. Kind of lighten the mood a little bit or I guess dark in the mood. I I'll, I'll take your word for it <laughs> that she's Canadian. I don't know who that is. Okay. All right. Our music knowledge is strong. As soon as you asked me a Rush song, I was like, uh, Wait, who else? A Drake, yeah." Good Lord. Guys guy? I'm not going to include him, though. Why? <laughs> too talented. He's the, the most guys guy in the whole group. It's true. Including you know, Ann Murray. All right, we'll true. come back. we got to get into uh, more of the college basketball news, and we'll, we'll get you updated. Ann Murray, obviously, is not a guy. Uh, we'll get into uh, more of what's going on around college basketball and uh, the latest updates on this Free agency doesn't start till Wednesday, but we've seen like 35 guys go off the board in the last three hours.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
2: You know what time it is, y'all. The NHL is back, and look who's talking about hockey. The NHL is back on ESPN starting the 2021-22 season, and that means one thing and one thing only. We get to hear NHL Tonight music on a consistent basis.
1: Back next year, ESPN. Let's do it, NHL. Max Kellerman, Stephen A., both big NHL fans, so it should be good. Should be, should be some good debates on on first takes. So he was climbing around the other day. You think, you think his, his hockey knowledge or MMA knowledge is better? MMA for sure. Uh, you guys, uh, you
3: folks inside the MMA bubble don't get it with Stephen A. No, no, no. I get it. Yeah. He's the he's the outsider that doesn't know anything that is kind of the voice of the fan, of not having he's, knowledge. He's the outsider who knows a lot more than you guys give him credit for, so he just d- says dumb things to get people fired sure, up. Sure, most of you guys in MMA say dumb things. No, nah, but I, I mean, like, not lack of understanding of like the sport. I mean, I, I think his role is the everyman, right? Like, he's kind of know. like the the voice of the fan. Like, he doesn't he doesn't watch it, doesn't pay attention to it, and he can comment on it because that's how most people are. Like I get with his role.
1: I mean, I would say a lot of people would look at MMA media people and go, "Why are you covering the sport when the guy running it is rooting for you guys all to lose your job?" Sure. So, well,
3: I mean, uh, I'm NFL. I'm. It's a good point. It's only your yeah. fifth beat. It's not. Yeah. It's not your lifeline now. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think I'll be there this week. College
1: basketball going on. Did you go on Saturday? You know, what? I had no idea where you were this weekend. No clue. I was.
3: I was bunkered every day. For what? wait, you were bunkered. You didn't cover a bunch of stuff. No, I was I was, bas- I was basically living at the Thomas and Mack, or okay. uh, so you were covering. Town, sure, you never got to the Pac-12,
1: did you? No, that's a killer for you. You love the Pac-12 tournament. Well, it's different this year. It was different at the Mountain West this year. Everything yeah. was different. Yeah, I boy, the the atmosphere of the Mountain West that was rough. <laughs> was. And I was there. I was there all all year long for UNLV home
3: games, but I don't know. It was even more dead than those games it was it was just weird man it was very dead and it was also and this is listen this is this is media stuff that's not i know people don't care when we do it but i'm i'm just saying like it basically conference tournaments are a convention like you know you as a when you have your job when you're when you work wherever you work a lot of you have conventions that you go to like once a year and you kind of see like hey the people in my company that i don't get to see all the time you get to kind of hang out and be around each other and then you're hanging out working all day and then you do like a 12 hour work day and then it's, hey, now you go out and have dinner with people that you're friends with or whatever. This year, no. In fact, like one of our friends that we usually get to hang out with who's, who comes to the town for the tournament, like literally couldn't even say hi because he had to be, he was quarantined. So he couldn't even say, like, go down and like, you know, fist bump or like say what's up or anything. Like you had to be separate. It was a very weird event.
1: This is a weird day. Yeah. Patriots have uh, apparently agreed with like 12 guys already. We'll give you the, the rundown of Patriots' upcoming signings, including Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders, so he's going to be gone. Malik Collins has gone to the Texans. It, looked like, or it looks like the Raiders are going to get one of the uh, big pressure end guys in Yannick Ngakwe. In the NCAA tournaments, Gino Oriema has tested positive for COVID, which, you know, I don't know make light of it because he's pushing 70 years old so not an easy battle you know especially if he's got some struggles with it uh this one just came across they're sending referees home oh boy ted valentine good john higgins good another guy roger Ayers. he's not regional to us out here but uh they've been sent home from indy due to one positive test and contact tracing they went to dinner after uh, hotel rooms were
3: not ready. Hmm. I mean, doesn't say which, a, which one's positive. Fo- well, it, it might not have been them. They might have just been, you know, gone to dinner. And maybe even, maybe they didn't. Maybe that's just part of the protocol. You know, I know uh, listening to some of the coaches, they, they knew they weren't allowed to go to dinner. And I know. Uh, Valentine Higgins, Ayers,
1: John Gaffney, Kip Kissinger. Ray, Natili, all went to Harry and Izzy Steakhouse. Oh, great spot. Must be nice being a referee, huh? A lot of money. How it's much a, are the steaks
3: at this place? They're actually slightly uh, less than uh, Saint Elmo. But it's right there. It's, I think they're actually, they might be sister properties. It's right, it's right next door, though. They probably couldn't get a table. Saint Elmo in India. It's rough. It's a good spot, though.
1: Are they going without masks in Indianapolis? the people i'm saying i don't know what the rules are there did they
3: put the tournament in a state that is basically maskless yeah but they're not allowed to go out i, I was actually talking to uh so th- some of the people that are going to be there that said tomorrow night is going to be insane because everybody's staying right downtown indianapolis and it's st patrick's day this week and the players have to stay in their rooms they're not allowed to leave the room and they're going to look at it just see mass parties going on out of, out of the streets
1: Toasted ravioli, $12. bucks. It is a sister property of that other place, yeah. St. Elmo's. Yeah. Man, it, steak, steaks are uh, probably a little less in Vegas, actually. Yeah. And it's, I think New it's York it's, uh, strip, 48. Bone-in filet, 57. Filet mignon, 44, 55. 8 or 12 ounce. Get the uh, giant cowboy ribeye. Fifty-five. All right.
3: I did. I did eat there last time I was there because, uh, as I as I oh, joked about the, well, as I joked about the referees, uh, couldn't get a table at St. it it's too crowded. And that's what happens. You go next door to the sister property and eat there. And then there's actually like a a much cheaper, like more bar type place right across the street. And if you can't get a table at either one, that's where you go to. A lot of good spots right there, though. It's a fun town.
1: But now we've got a bunch of referees going home. Maybe this will be a warning to everyone, batting down the hatches.
3: What a shock referees doing their own thing, making it about themselves.
0: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.